Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. and welcome to this week's squiggly career podcast i'm helen tupper one of the co-founders of amazing gift and i'm here as ever with sarah the other lovely co-founder hi everybody we're very excited as well sarah's been on holiday for a week so i feel <laughs> like i've been apart from her and this podcast is, uh, <laughs> is, is, our, is our moment to reconnect <laughs> i'd love to say i'm sitting here really tanned and bronzed but um i look all resemblance something something of a lobster right now but but refreshed a refreshed lobster yeah that sounds about right <laughs> a refreshed lobster I was actually celebrating um, we were away for a week to celebrate my dad turning 60 uh, and at, in the context of squiggly careers he's really interesting because he has just embarked on his own squiggly career so I'm really proud of him uh, where he's now going to move his contract to being a number of days per year worked contract rather than a full-time contract Very interesting. I know. I know. I get I get like so excited when I talk to him. Also, I said he's just ruined our um example because often I use him as our example of oh, you know, in previous generations people worked in the same companies and had the same types of jobs for a long time, which is exactly what he's done uh, very very successfully. But I feel like now he's like living the dream, he's living the amazing if dream. But now you can add on, but even my dad, even my, even dad, my dad is squiggly. <laughs> yes, even my dad who has never listened to my podcast as opposed to my mum who listens to every single podcast like word for word and gives me feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so you may be wondering if this is the first time you've listened to uh, the Here amazing if squiggly careers podcast. <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about holiday? Why are we talking about squiggly careers? So we uh, built amazing if about five years ago now and it, was all around the idea of the changing shape of of careers and that they were less predictable lots more change going on and were essentially lots more squiggly and amazing if is all about giving people the skills to succeed in a squiggly career because what Sarah and I have learned is that actually all that change feels great if you are confident and if you know what you really want to do and you know what you're great at a squiggly career is full of opportunity but it feels a bit scary if you haven't got those things so that's essentially our mission and this weekly podcast is our opportunity to each week give little actions little bits of inspiration so that you can um take control of that of that squiggle and this week we're talking about grit uh, which is a really interesting topic and actually before before I go on to grit I did just want to say that we've had some lovely tweets and lovely reviews and I just wanted to read this one out that I um so I think you might have liked it when you're on holiday or someone else is on our, our our group account but it was from parent work thrive and they said oh yeah I did see I, it. yeah love at amazing if and their fantastic squiggly Chris podcast basically imagine your best mate was also a brilliant mm-hmm. high-flying manager love that and spilled all her <laughs> secrets so um yeah if it hopefully that can give you some some indication into what the the next sort of 25 minutes is going to feel a, a bit like I thought but, we yeah. should just use that as our description done for our done. podcast <laughs> we, will, we will do that but um yeah so grit is this week's topic Sarah what's your what's your take on what what grit is to set us up yeah so I think grit is interesting because my starting point for grit which is something that I believe is true 
is that the most successful people that I've worked with and worked for always work really hard. And I think when we, maybe when you're maybe younger or starting your career, you think, oh, you know, does it get does it get easier? Do you you know do you maybe work less? And of course, you definitely believe in kind of the idea of working smarter, not just harder. It's not about just how many hours you work. And I'm fully kind of signed up to that perspective. However, what I would say is the people that I've worked for that are really committed and brilliant at what they do also work really hard. They kind of really care about what they do. And I think grit is is a bit of that, but I think it's also layered into working really hard over a really kind of sustained period of time and really following something that you believe in. And there's a lady actually called Angela Duckworth. Is that right? Have I got her surname right? That's Yeah, that's right. Do you know what I nearly said then? Um, out of like four weddings and a funeral? <laughs> Duckface. <laughs> <laughs> that only makes sense if you're like a similar age to me. Yeah, that's, that's an old reference. My, yeah. <laughs> but if you're not watching for weddings, it's very good, so you should. Um, so Angela Duckworth, she's done lots of research into grit. She's, I would say, the kind of prominent academic who's looked into this as an area of interest in terms of business leaders. And she defines it as the quality of being able to sustain your passions and also work really hard at them over really disappointingly long periods of time. <laughs> I find that a slightly depressing definition, if I'm honest. Because I think actually, if you are, if you think about that definition, it has three things in. It talks about sustaining your passion, working really hard, and a long period of time. I think if you're doing something you're passionate about, hopefully it doesn't feel disappointing that it's a long period of time. But I guess what she's trying to do is make the point of, you know, the whole thing of overnight successes and never overnight successes. Mm. Uh, often people who are very honest and transparent will reveal that, oh, you know, this business was an overnight success. It's like, okay, yeah, but we've been doing it for. 10 or 15 years or we've had three businesses that have failed first or we've been doing loads of stuff in the background just people haven't seen it I guess she's kind of getting at that does that make sense yeah no it totally makes sense and I think in the context of squiggly careers I think grit becomes really important because of all that change and you have to take so much ownership I think for your career in the when careers were quite predictable I think you could rely on your organizations quite a lot to help you develop they were going to invest in you they were going to provide those opportunities for you but now I think you have to be really focused and invest a lot in your career and your development and your skills and I think that takes grit because work's really you know we hate the word busy but work is really busy and I think it takes a um a, a gritty approach to say even though all this busyness is going on, I am going to be in control of my squiggly career and I'm still going to explore my opportunities. I'm still going to try and apply my values and I'm not going to get distracted by the busyness. So I think uh, it's not one of our kind of five super skills for squiggly careers, but I th- feel it's a bit like growth mindset grit. It's like this, these foundations that we think are really important to kind of be happy in your careers and, and be successful as well. Yeah, and I was reading a really interesting article. Some of you might have heard of, uh, there's this concept um, popularised by a guy called Malcolm Gladwell called 10,000 Hours. And basically it's, he thinks he's looked at some of the most successful people and they've all put in 10,000 hours worth of practice into their discipline. And almost he, he reckons that's the tipping point, which is the name of one of the books that he wrote. Another one's called Outliers, which if you've done 10,000 hours of practice um, and started at a very young age... It's those people who go on to kind of be the best of the best. So, um, you know, the Tiger Woods of golf or the Serena Williams of tennis. What's really interesting, though, is there's some research that looked at this concept of 10,000 hours, because that's essentially what we were referring back to is um, deliberately practicing and working very, very hard. But the research shows that that 10,000 hours of very hard work is very much context driven. So if you're doing something that is 
very almost like repeatable, stable. You're doing the same thing lots and lots of times. So often like sports, like things like tennis or music or those sorts of areas or games, then actually 10,000 hours worth of hard work does make a, a really big difference or at least around a 25, 26% difference. Actually, mm. if you're in a profession, it's actually only 1% different. And their argument for that is because actually in anything where you're at work, it's so unpredictable and things are changing so quickly. It's actually very hard to just go, oh, I just can practice the same thing and that will guarantee me success. I think it's really interesting. And it goes back to that sort of disappointing long time because 10,000 yeah. hours does sound a lot. And then when you say, well, that doesn't even get you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that doesn't even get you anywhere near it. You're like, disappointingly, that, that Angela Duckworth quote is becoming, <laughs> it's becoming very the reality. <laughs> so maybe before we go into some ideas of how you can develop grit, maybe if we share some of our own examples of where we think grit has helped us and I think you know I still probably have quite a lot to learn in fact I definitely have a lot to learn because I did do a survey which is a really good tool for you if you're thinking oh I'd like to know a bit more about this grit stuff um Angela Duckworth has a is a pretty simplistic 10 question survey where you can find out your grit score and out of five I come in at 3.2 which I think of as just slightly above average but it does say I'm 30% higher than American adults in a recent survey so I think I have quite a lot to learn. If I look at some of those questions as well, some of the questions that I think I score a bit lower on are things like, I've finished whatever I begin. I don't. Uh, I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take more than a few months to complete. That's very like me. So I, I think these are some of the areas of um, of grit. So people that they can stick at things. They've almost got stickability. But there are definitely situations where I've seen in my career that my grit when I've applied it to that situation has really really helped me to succeed and achieve and I think one of my examples was when I was at Virgin I was doing a kind of senior marketing role uh, for a business called Virgin Red and we were launching we're pretty much like launching the business it had been it had been yeah. running for a little while but we were doing this big campaign to launch it and it had we had the pressure of building a new business so kind of what's the revenue what's the growth of it how many new users have you got so you had that kind of like drumbeat of pressure every day and then on top of it we were trying to do this huge campaign which had all the virgin companies involved in it there was lots of negotiation complexity i was trying to kind of create the campaign and build the logic and grow the business and it, it i was thinking really of that time hard. as your um i'm fine time <laughs> every time every time i saw you during that period of time i'd be like oh you know how you doing and you wouldn't really tell me how you're doing you would just say in a kind of very short uh, tad aggressive way yeah i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> so I think that as your I'm fine time <laughs> but actually I, I agree that I think that I'm fine comment for me is an example of when my grit I think for me when I'm re, by when I'm being really gritty which to me means that I am I am head down focused on an outcome mm. which I am finding difficult yeah that is when I'm saying I'm fine I'm kind of <laughs> I'm fine because I'm doing those things that might not be fine outside of it but I'm like head down trying to get it done because I know they know that I'll get through but I think that one of the things that is the flip side of that for me is I sometimes lack emotion so it's almost like my grit goes up because I'm like yeah I will I will get this thing done and you're going to persevere but, like there's no I, way yeah. you weren't going to deliver that project so like, I would have put my house on you delivering that project <laughs> but I, maybe I lacked there's empathy I think I just lacked emotion because it was almost like I didn't want to connect with how hard it was or anything like that which actually for uh, you know maybe people that work for me or friends and things is probably a bit disheartening when you're in that mode but I think for me that's probably 
I wouldn't say I'm gritty all the time because I don't think I need to be gritty all the time. And, and the things that I really apply my my grit to take it out of me a little bit. But they definitely, I. it's almost like the more situations you have that you can reflect on as well. I was thinking for this podcast, the more confidence it gives you as well that you can apply it to the next tricky situation. But yeah, I think that for me, that is an example of when I applied grit, that big, that big project. And I think my learning from that, particularly reflecting on it, is I think uh, maybe I, I lose a bit of emotion. I've got to be aware of that. But it has given me more confidence. The more times I can look back and see them, I'm more confident about being able to tackle hard things in the future. What about you? Well, I think just listening to what you're saying there, the thing that really struck me as well is just how your self-awareness then helps you. So you sort of know where you're naturally gritty, if that makes sense. And you also know where you've maybe got some gritty gaps. Is that a thing? <laughs> it is now. A thing. Where, where are your gritty gaps? I can actually imagine it's like that's something we would say to people. Um, but by you, what you've just articulated is kind of knowing where you are naturally passionate about things and you work really hard and you know you can kind of persevere and keep at it but you know that you're not maybe a natural because you talked about, you know, not a natural complete to finish your projects. Um, you don't like to work on things maybe over a longer period of time, but you know when you need to kind of get your head down and really kind of up the ante in terms of your mm. grittiness um, and potentially you know, adapt and evolve your own behaviours, having like smart strategies essentially. And that's one of the things that in when I was kind of researching for today, they were talking about where grittiness can go too far. It can actually be really derailing. And that's when people are almost there's a fine line sometimes isn't there between like grittiness and like being like bullheadedness you know mm. and, and just being too focused but ignoring everything else around you and so actually what what you've just talked about is having also smart strategies because you know yourself and you kind of know other people so like most of these things it's never never black and white is it it's never just oh I'm either gritty or I'm not it's we all have some levels of grit and not depending on the context and what we're naturally good at i think you need um you need a sarah i need everyone needs a sarah who can say you know you just said i'm fine quite aggressively let's talk <laughs> about that a second you kind of need someone to put that mirror up to you because i think when you are when you are full-on grit mode i think actually having self-awareness in that moment is quite tricky so having a couple of people mm. around you that can say that this is how this is coming across you might be achieving everything that you're trying to achieve right now but just be aware of this is the aura that is currently around you. <laughs> um, so my example is a bit different. So I was trying to think of like, when do I think I'm kind of uh, at my grittiest? Or where do I think I've demonstrated that? You know, I actually went with it, you know, in my head, I was doing the interview question. Tell me about a time when you have been gritty. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, when would you ever ask that? But still, that's what I was asking myself. And I think, especially because when I was thinking about the quote from Andrew Duckworth, and she talked about longevity and it's not just about working hard for a project or just to deliver one thing it made me think a lot about getting promoted internally so when you're in a company and you're trying to progress whether that's you're getting promoted you know into a different department or whether that's getting you're getting promoted to lead a team or just be more senior within your organization and I think getting promoted internally is really hard because obviously everybody's seen you in one situation and you're trying to convince and influence and persuade people that in this new situation where you'll be more senior, that you're the right person for that job. So you're trying to, you know, demonstrate some of those behaviours, demonstrate you will have credibility. And even if you're absolutely brilliant at your job, sometimes that's not that easy to do. And pretty much every time I think I've got promoted, I've always gone for a promotion and not got it the first time, if that makes sense. So I've always been in an organisation and thought, oh, you know, I'd like to progress to the next level. I was in big organisations where they had levels in the main. 
and gone for that and that's not worked out. And that's where I think you do need the perseverance. You kind of know what you're aiming for and kind of why you're doing it. And you've got to be open then to persevering and the time that it might take because, you know, one way of doing that would be to kind of go, well, that's it, I'm leaving. But often I was in an, an organisation that I was really happy in, that where I really enjoyed it. And you kind of have to bounce back. So I think this does also link really closely to resilience and kind of confidence. Mm. And that doesn't mean that within those moments, you're not really disappointed. But I think I was, I did have good, I think, passion and perseverance. When, when I look at those qualities of how we're defining grit around, were you passionate about the goal and kind of what you wanted to do? I think I was always clear personally and professionally what I was trying to achieve and and what I could contribute I was happy to work really hard to, to achieve those things and, and did that over sustained periods of time it wasn't like I kind of worked hard for a bit and then thought oh, I can't bother for a bit and you know I, I kind of always worked pretty hard definitely sometimes slightly more than others but you know in the main <laughs> generally and I think over you know sometimes years so sometimes you'd go for a promotion and it wouldn't be another 12-18 months until maybe that promotion came to fruition or some promotion might look slightly differently to how you kind of thought. But that's the time where again and again, I think I've been really good at kind of being gritty, keeping persevering, not kind of letting that hold me back from doing what I want to do. I think you have nicely simplified Angela Duckworth's quote uh, of what grit is to grit equals passion plus perseverance which I think is much more <laughs> much much easier to remember and and I think very very true to what she was saying and what's kind of coming I have stolen that from an article by the way before you uh, oh, give me the credit before you, before <laughs> I, mean, I was I was like thinking then like yeah do I like take that or do I actually like <laughs> own up to the fact that I did some research and someone had done like a really like nice pithy way of thinking about it um uh, so, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll share that article and, and a link to it in the comments when we post it. When we post it's because I work hard and I did my it's, research. It's very true, it's very true. Um, I, and maybe one other example to me that's a bit different than the project that I did at work, I think where my grit came to life was, um, it's quite fresh because I've re- relatively recently finished my MBA and that has been hooray. two and a half... Hooray! Well hooray on, on so many levels. Uh, but that's been two and a half years of study, but it's also been kind of like a distance flex exec type way of studying it but for me I've done it whilst I've had two young children so I had my second child, Madeline, during that period, and my first child Madness. was six months old. Madeline, and Madeline. It wasn't entirely planned. All this, all this studying at the same time as this, but um, and also you know quite a busy job. And for me, that has probably been another example of sometimes I had to take the emotion out of it and just think I've got to get this through, get this done this weekend. I've got to create the time for it. Almost be a bit selfish about the time that I needed to create to do it. But it, it, again, it's just another example of grit. And I think actually for if you're if you're listening and you're thinking about this for yourself, a really, really useful exercise to do is to think of your career from when it started to where you are today and think about the times in your career when you have demonstrated grit because it's when you reflect on it that you realise that you do have that ability and that there will have been situations where you have applied your passion and perseverance and having that is very important in giving you confidence for whatever whatever comes forward. So I think it will take you... I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour to do it properly and just think about what were those situations? What was the passion that you were kind of following? Uh, what what were the challenges you overcame with perseverance? And that that's sort of like just a, just a bank of confidence for you. And I also think with that MBA, that's not all been smooth running for you either. No. And I think that is part of grit. When I think about grittiness versus hard work, grit does have that element of you've had to persevere for some reason whether that's something in your control or out of your control, 
you know, we talked about the kind of bounce back ability. I think if I was thinking about gritty situations or where you're looking for that kind of characteristic, it's often because, like you say, maybe you hadn't planned to study and have very small children at the same time. Maybe you, you know, hadn't planned to have to do it from a distance learning perspective. Actually, you'd really like to be with other people more often, but actually it doesn't quite work for your lifestyle. So there's these additional factors, I think, surrounding grittiness, both in and out of your control, that mean you're having to be almost like think laterally, I think. Yeah, and do you want to make it really specific? I remember um, about about two years into it, and I think my daughter was very young, uh, like literally weeks weeks old, and I was thinking on maternity leave and having to use my, t- my maternity leave to do some of the assignments. And I was thinking, oh, do you know what? Should I take a year out? And this is a, where I think the perseverance bit really came in. I had this perception that I wasn't very good at finishing things because I'd actually started an MBA before, years before, and I'd done the first year and I hadn't finished it, largely because of financial circumstances, actually, and not having the money at the time to get the funding to complete it. But I had this this thought in my mind that I don't know if I can finish this thing. And actually, it became more about... I need to prove to myself that I can finish this. It became more about that than it did about you know, getting uh, some kind of qualification that would help Mm -hmm. my career or actually even learning, which is what I love to do. It became about, I need to do this to prove to myself that I can complete something. And I think that actually is where the perseverance notch dialed up and well that's differentiated it from hard work. There was something behind that then that was this kind of emotional driver. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good example. And the last one that I had, which um, I think we'll both be able to talk about, is I was thinking actually about doing our podcast. So when we first started doing a podcast together, we did a very kind of containable 10-part series all about confidence. And we could be very planned and structured about how we did that. And we talked about 10 different confidence gremlins. That all went pr- pretty smoothly. It was albeit, in a studio. It was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was in a studio environment. Um, albeit we were real novices. Uh, there's some funny stories we can tell another day about just how rubbish we were when we first started. Uh, reading everything like word for word, which uh, I reassure everybody, though I suspect it's also very obvious. Um, we don't do that now. Um, and <laughs> what we do now with our weekly podcast is way tougher. And it really, to me, it ticks all those boxes that uh, we talked about in that original definition, because it is probably the thing at the moment that I am most passionate about in terms of something I do at work that I spend time on, because it is, uh, I really believe in it. It really uh, lends itself to a way for us to to kind of deliver on our mission to help people develop all the skills we think people need in their squiggly careers. And I personally find it incredibly rewarding to hear people's feedback. And, and I also enjoy it. I, I enjoy getting the opportunity to talk about these things and hope that we're being helpful. We work really hard. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, people probably just think this is like so easy and that we just turn up, <laughs> uh, which we, we sort of do. Uh, we definitely don't kind of script everything, but we do work really hard to find the time to make sure that we do a podcast every week to think about the topics. Um, Helen works very hard to make sure you guys all have who are listening have all the resources you need. I have to say I can take absolutely no credit for that. Um, we have. I wouldn't say we've got to a really disappointingly long period of time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not no. I'm not sure when we get to when, no, yeah. when that bit kind of kicks in. But to me, there are loads of reasons why we could have done this podcast slightly differently. We could have done it once a month because we could have almost like made excuses and said, um, oh, you know, we both got other jobs and we're, we're so squiggly. We don't really have time for it. Surely once a month will be fine. We could have skipped a few when we've had people being, you know, me being ill or one of us being on holiday or not being able to make it work. You know, we've had to record some of them at 
late at night, you know, we've both got really young children. We've had to record some of them at weekends or, you know, it's not always absolutely kind of ideal. So this point about coming back from setbacks, you know, they're small setbacks, but I can think of quite a lot of examples actually since we started the podcast where we've both really persevered to make the time to do this. Um, and for me, it's a good example of how we're being kind of gritty together. And actually, again, neither of us, I think, are natural, complete finisher type people. We're both all about kind of starting up projects and creating new things. So we probably should find like another person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think it's just... <laughs> to help us with like, some of the other bits. <laughs> go follow your passion. Like, I think if you're not a complete finisher and you're working on things that you're slightly interested in, <laughs> it's going to yes. be really hard to get yeah. it done. But actually, if it's something you're truly, truly interested in, you can almost go across, I think, go against that natural tendency not to finish things because your desire to do this thing you're passionate about with excellence sort of overrides it. Thank goodness. Yeah. plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So hopefully those examples are just giving you a bit of a feel for where grit shows up in our lives. Um, when we were looking at um, Angela Duckworth in particular and some of the things that she was, she's been talking about, about how you could be grittier, how you could develop it, she had four key actions to increase your grit. And we thought we would share those with you, just give a little bit of our perspective on each one so you can take those as well as four specific actions for you to, to look at in your own career. And the first one we've talked about a lot is this touch on this passion point but it says the first key action to increase your grit is to have something you find enduringly fascinating i think maybe rather than talk about that point why that point is important because i think we t- we've talked about a lot in the context of passion it, i think it might be useful for us to think about how you can find out the thing that you are enduringly fascinated by so maybe if i go for a first Sarah, and if you've got kind of any builds sure. on it so how do you connect with the thing that you're enduringly fascinated by so 
I think for me, this will be something that brings you a huge amount of energy. It doesn't have to be the thing that you do in work, actually. It could be something you do out of work and it could be disconnected from your job. Um, maybe you are you just love reading. Maybe you love drawing and you, you're, I don't know, you're an engineer at work or whatever you are. But the thing that gives you the most energy makes you feel the most positive i think that is kind of ammunition for what might your your passion the thing that you're finding during fascinating be and i think a lot of people will dismiss that because they will think it's not relevant to them at work so we often do some exercises with a values course that we run where people kind of share their hobby that they do out of work and they're almost like oh i don't this is this is of no relevance the fact that i love cooking or the fact that i love dancing is there's no relevance to work but actually in that passion there are definitely things that you can apply to work and even if you just created let's say you started a blog on cooking because cooking is your passion you will learn things through doing that you will meet new people you'll learn new skills through doing it that then do become relevant to your work so I would say go where the energy is don't dismiss it because you think how is this relevant to what I do at work because if you follow it with enough passion and perseverance it will grow into something and I'm yet to see one of those sort of side projects that might not be directly related to your day job I'm yet to see that have some kind of value not have some kind of value to your work yeah and I think my only uh, addition to that would be I was actually looking at that article that um, I stole the passion and perseverance from and they were talking about you know when grit goes too far within a work context particularly if you're a leader leading a team leading an organization if you've got something that you're passionate about just make sure it's something that also other people are passionate about and that you're not forcing on people because that's not gritty because just because it's something uh, you want to do if it's a personal passion project i think that's slightly different or if it's something in work that you know you're kind of really persevering and want and really want to do and working very hard to do and it's very aligned with the organization then that's great but if you're going off on a tangent and you're not kind of taking people with you, I think that's when you get into that kind of borderline thing of people just going, almost being like obstinate and actually lacking that kind of self-awareness. So that's just, I think, an interesting kind of nuance on that. So number two then is... The way you said that, you're like, mm. I was like... No, no, no. Mm, as, in, oh, no. as in, I don't agree or just I want to move on? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I want to move on. No, no, I was, I was thinking about... Uh, in my head, I was thinking about a scale and whether you would draw yourself on a scale and other situations that... See, you I knew you were thinking something. Yeah, I was thinking, but, it, but you know, there's a level of detail that I think people on the phone probably don't need to... On the podcast don't need to know. Um, so the second action then that Andrew Duck was suggesting is that you view frustrations as a necessary part of the process... So I think this is when you're the, the the point really around perseverance is is accepting that things will happen. So if I go through my MBA thing, I could have got really frustrated by the fact that I was pregnant. I did that, I didn't get that. But let's talk about different setbacks. I could have got really frustrated that I didn't get a mark that I wanted, or that because I had a work commitment, I couldn't go to um, a certain three day learning block or whatever. That could have been really frustrating. But I think the idea of perseverance is that you just accept that it's not going to be this perfect, neat course, and that you're mm. going to need, you'll need, some things are going to feel easier, some things are going to feel really tough, but regardless, you're going to be able to get through them. And that's just part of part of the journey part of the cycle rather than when you're faced by it and feeling like it's a brick wall yeah I think it's just probably not blaming other people or other things and almost taking a bit of ownership for going okay I accept that this is hard and I you know that kind of that whole work in progress attitude and I, I honestly think um about probably halfway through my sort of 17 years of working I really changed my attitude towards this previously when I talked about uh, not getting promoted 
I probably would have been a bit more, well, that's their loss type thing. <laughs> you know, like, how how dare they? Uh, it, couldn't, it couldn't possibly be that maybe there's somebody better or I'm not the right person <laughs> or all of, those, all of those kind of things. I sound really lovely in my early years. But there's definitely some truth to that. I was very focused and I worked very hard, but I didn't have that kind of natural understanding of going, okay, well, most things are going to be frustrating at some point, things that things that are hard. Whereas actually probably once I got to uh, sort of 26, 27, you may be just a bit smarter and a bit wiser. And I started to kind of, if I didn't get a job that I wanted or if something didn't quite go to plan, I kind of go, of course I'm disappointed. There might be some frustrations and you allow those, you allow yourself to have those frustrations. But I would kind of recover from those much quicker, be mm. much more more pragmatic, I guess. So number three, if you don't mind me moving on, uh, number three (laughs) is around uh, you look for ways to make your work more meaningful. This was an action that really resonated with me because I think if I think about my, again, I think in my early career, I I don't think I looked for jobs that were really meaningful. I just looked for jobs that were like interesting with great brands and the the shiny object thing was was on high alert. But now I definitely, I think, look for ways to make my work more meaningful because I have so many spinning plates that the work that I do and also the organisations I do it in, it's really hard. <laughs> Honestly, it's really hard. And so the having connecting personally to it, finding some kind of meaning in the company you work for and the work that you do, I have definitely found very helpful in getting me through the hard days and the hard weeks and the hard projects that I might be working on. Yeah, I suppose. And often when you talk about meaning, I think this can sometimes get misinterpreted particularly now there's much more talk about purpose um especially as i've done those kind of jobs um you know i've, I've looked after corporate responsibility and worked in like done quite a lot of charity stuff i don't think meaning has to be charity or kind of a higher purpose i think meaning can actually be as basic as i understand how what i do contributes to the organization as a whole and i and, and i understand that contribution um that's a question actually sainsbridge used to ask as part of their like colleague engagement process was you know, do you understand how your job, the kind of sum of what you do contributes to the whole? And I think probably in every organisation, but I think particularly in big organisations where you can feel quite disconnected from that, that's incredibly important. Now, if you're saving the world, awesome, you know, well, well done. You're, you know, you're, you're way up the meaning scale. But I think you can be working in a bank, which I have done, and I found a lot of meaning in what I was doing, you know, and I could find meaning in helping people to manage their money in a better way and that being a really useful thing. And I could find meaning in my day-to-day doing whatever creative work I was doing at that time. So it doesn't have to be saving the world. But do you think you have to care about it? I was thinking when you were talking about your definition there, and you were saying yeah, it was like an understanding how your job connects to the, the, the role of the organisation in the world, say, or yeah. in, in the country. Part of me thinks that you do also have to care about that. So in a bank... You might say, um, I'm working in the retail environment of the bank and I understand that I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm serving customers, which is how people get money, which is how the bank works. So you sort of understand your role. But I would think, don't you have to care about I am enabling people in that in that scenario that I'm, I'm enabling people to go about their day to day lives yeah. because... Yeah, I think the bit I always cared about, actually, when certainly when I worked in banking, which I think is a good example, because, you know, not everyone loves that kind of world, is... You know, if people could save up enough money to go on an amazing holiday, I was like, I, I think that's got meaning. You know, if people can get the mortgage they need to buy the house they really want for their family, that has meaning. Mm. Yeah, so some people would, some people wouldn't get that. I did a load of work on mums starting up their own business while they were on maternity leave. And, you know, all these kind of kitchen table startups. And that felt incredibly meaningful that a bank could provide somebody with the 
you know, products and services that they need. Clearly, it's one small part of what you need to do when you set up a business. But that's kind of how I found my meaning in mm. maybe something that's naturally, uh, certainly at the time, felt naturally less meaning led, if that makes sense. So maybe our definition there is meaning equals understanding plus caring. That is not taken from our article. <laughs> fresh oh, not fresh from our brains. Has, not everything has to be an equation. <laughs> but it's easy for people to remember. <laughs> but you're right, not everything okay, has to be an so, equation. Yeah, I can't remember it already though. What was it? <laughs> meaning equals understanding plus caring. Meaning equals understanding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. Thanks. So the last one then, um, this gives us our opportunity to do our our weekly shout out for growth mindset. But the last key action to increase your grit is that you believe you can change and grow in brackets. You've got growth mindset. Yeah. What's your take on that, Sarah? Um, My take on that is I've just been on holiday, as I said at the start of the podcast. Um, This is going to make my family sound exactly what it is. Very cheesy. We were doing a... uh, standing start jump competition on the beach so you have to stand, yeah stand, standing start see how far you can just go um mark it with twigs etc and uh i said after everyone had a go i was like oh brilliant and um, then everyone can have another go and we can see how much we can all improve and actually <laughs> one of my friends um had come on our family holiday who knows our knows our family very well and she went to me from like across across the sand across the you know <laughs> the um competition area she was like Sarah, so growth mindset, and I was like, <laughs> I love bringing my friends on holiday with me because the rest of my family looks a tad bemused and were way more worried about where their twig was in the sand. But my friend gave me a kind of shout out for growth mindset, even while on holiday. <laughs> True story. So yeah, um, how do you think you can do? You, you believe you can change and grow. Is there any way that people can increase that? Maybe just like watch the Cal Dweck video where you actually watch that TED talk uh, where you can actually see the the logic behind how growth yeah. mindset kind of influences your brain. What I would challenge people to do on this, this is what I've started to think a bit about is because we all go in and out of fixed and growth mindset all of the time. I try to look for and spot where I am at my most fixed and then try to think about what I could do differently. So where do I sort of hold myself back because of my almost limiting beliefs about my own abilities or sometimes the beliefs that other people have that people kind of share and you sort of think, oh, maybe that is right. I don't know. Maybe I can't get any better at that. Or maybe I think that about other people because you hear people saying it. And so I think just try and be on the lookout for where are you holding yourself or other people back because of that kind of fixed mindset and then how could you just start to challenge it even in like in really small ways? So um, I did it a couple of weeks ago where um, I was chatting to somebody um, about like personal development and team development generally. And they were talking about you know where to find brilliant people. And I, I did make the point about saying, well, have you looked? Are you definitely sure you haven't got anyone in your own organization who could do these jobs? And it's funny because they sort of they'd almost had a bit <laughs> of a fixed mindset about going, oh, but I need to go. You know, like the automatic thing is I need yeah. to hire someone. So therefore I hire someone externally and it wasn't that they were being actually particularly intentionally fixed. They were almost being subconsciously fixed because you're used to behaving and making in a certain way and making certain assumptions. And then actually when this person stopped and thought about their organization, there was actually two or three people who were like, oh, well, maybe, maybe they could do it. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, even if they're not ready right now, but they might be ready in three or four months, wouldn't you rather 
wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather promote them? And isn't that yeah. that'd be quite good? So I think I just tried to look for it in myself and look for it in other people. And I don't at that point go, uh, excuse me, fixed fixed mindset there, guys. Let's, um, <laughs> I, I just sort of try to ask... Only on holiday. Yeah, yeah obviously holidays don't count. I can, I can just be myself on holiday. But um, I try to ask useful questions. So I think if you can try and spot that, that that's, that's maybe a good place to start. So shall we go on to some resources then yeah. for people to look at? Do you want to go first? Yeah, so I've got a couple that I've mentioned. So I've got a couple of articles. Um, I do think if you've not seen anything by Malcolm Gladwell, it's definitely worth looking at Tipping Point and Outliers. He's often described as a bit of like a pop psychologist, but he's a really good writer, I think very easy to read. And he does have some kind of really interesting concepts around like deliberate practice in particular that I think is useful, even you know, in a squiggly world to actually think about what you're practicing and why I think can be really helpful. So check out Malcolm Gladwell, the work he does. Um, he's he's good to follow on like Twitter and those kind of things as well, because he does a lot of like speaking um, stuff on Instagram and those sorts of things. So have a look at him. And then there's that article that I talked about to do with Malcolm Gladwell that we'll include in the resources, as well as the other article, which um, was the one that I stole the passion and perseverance um, <laughs> little summary from. <laughs> And mine are all around um, Angela Duckworth, just a couple of three different places. Basically, you can find some information on her. Um, so her, the first is the website, the Angela Duckworth.com. That's not Duckface. As I said earlier, it's Duckworth. <laughs> Which um, I swear so... is only going to work for like 1% of our listeners. <laughs> I think everyone's going to be too young for that reference. <laughs> Maybe you can drop us an email if you get the reference yeah. to get in touch at amazingif.com with like, I get it. The yeah. subject line. I wonder how many we get. Um, so uh, yeah, but go to her website. You can find the grit survey that I did. It's called the grit scale those 10 questions and like i said it's pretty basic but it's just interesting i think the questions themselves are actually more interesting than the 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 score you get at the end of it it's for giving you some reflection the second thing for her um that is also free is the ted talks a really good ted talk she's a brilliant speaker yeah she is just really compelling uh, and just interesting and a great storyteller which you which you hope on a ted stage but there's a reason she's got millions of watchers on that um millions of viewers sorry on that TED talk and the last thing is her book which you are going to have to pay for which is just called Grit um, so I think those three different resources will all give you a slightly different angle on the, the work that she's done around Grit and some of the things that we've touched on tonight cool so thank you so much for listening again um, this week we hope you find the podcast really useful we always love to hear from you I know we say it quite a lot but um, we, we really do and all of the different topics that we think about and the feedback that we get we're, we read every one we that's what we spend our days uh, on our commute <laughs> usually whatsapping about like oh did you see that email that was a really good idea and you know tell us what you really like also tell us ideas for how we can get better if you do like the podcast if you can rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen and if you can subscribe and share it with other people that's incredibly useful for us and um, means we can keep making the podcast which you know we, we, we want to prove that we're as gritty as I've maintained that we are <laughs> so I feel like we now we're like we've got to keep going for a disappointingly long amount of time um, so please <laughs> please do continue to support us follow us on Instagram Twitter all the kind of usual areas and next week we're going to be talking about teams how to build lead and be part of really kind of high performing teams what that feels like how you can contribute to it um i think now in squiggly careers and squiggly worlds though there's so many going to be so many different models of working and i see more and more people going i'm going off to do freelance or i'm going to run my business part of the time and work for another business part of the time i think the ideas of collaboration and working in teams are actually going to be more important than ever in a squiggly world so 
it's a topic I'm really fascinated by and yeah, really looking forward to uh, talking about next week. So if there's anything particular in terms of teams um, and, and building great teams that you particularly want us to answer, if you've got any questions, um, if you get them in quickly uh, when you hear the next podcast, uh, we'll do our best to make sure we answer them. Brilliant. So that's it for this week and we will speak to you next week. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.